listening to It's All About Perspective with your hosts, Abigail Peterson from Kindergarten Chaos and Principal Robert Hinchliffe. Join us as we discuss education from various points of view. Take the challenge of listening to see if your opinion changes. But no matter where you stand on the issues, remember, it's all about perspective. Hello and welcome to episode number 23 Can't believe we've made it this far. We're almost at the end of season one. We're going to be starting season two. This is It's All About Perspective. I'm Abigail Peterson from Kindergarten Chaos and my co-host. I am Robert Hinchliffe, principal of Tyrone Thompson Elementary School in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we are going to discuss something that all of us once were. Yes. Okay. So I'm super excited because I finally hit a number on TikTok as a creator that allows me to do lives. So I thought me, I'm not really, I I love trying new things and just, just jumping in and just seeing what's going to happen. And so I did my first TikTok live. I didn't have a ton of people. I'm obviously very new at it as a, as a creator, but I did have two different people in my lives that one was a student teacher going into student teaching this next school year. And then the other one, um, a brand new teacher. And they both were asking me questions about like how to prepare, what were some things that they could do to make the best experience possible. And so I thought this would be really fun and probably informative for other people that might be in a similar situation, or maybe you know somebody and you can share this podcast with them. So Robert, as an admin, do you like having student teachers in your building? Let's address that first. So you're putting me on the spot. Yes and no. You can go either way. Um, Personally, I don't mind them. However, I struggle with them in grades three, four, and five. The reason being is because that's essentially people aren't going to like this, but that's where your money's made. In elementary, that's where your test scores are. That's where your rating comes from is really the kids passing SBAC. So if you have a student teacher teaching three, four or five and he or she struggles mightily, we're wasting time. And that's very, very hard. So from an admin perspective on that, the answer is no. However, having had a lot of student teachers in schools, if they are very, very good, then I love it. It's great because... I get to see these kids coming up and I can potentially hire them if I think they're great. And if they've been there for three or four months and they understand the school, then that's just one less person I've got to worry about the following year or maybe even a couple of years down the road. I can uh, recruit them back. So the answer is yes and no. It just depends. Now, my wife has had student teachers, many of them. Some were great. Some were not so good. And it becomes very taxing on the the teacher if they are not good. So really, ultimately, the answer comes down to is how much potential do these people have? And that's that's a sticky situation because you don't have that information before that person walks into the building. Like I said, being somebody who has been a student teacher at one time and as someone who has hosted a student teacher you don't know who you're going to get. And somebody could look really good on paper, but when they actually get into the actual teaching part, may not have 
a good rapport with kids, may not have good delivery, may not have good pacing. So you just never know what you're going to get. But I used to say this, you know, when I was younger, I'm starting to feel a little bit different as I'm getting older, only due to an experience. But I remember going in to have a C-section with one of my kids and they brought a student nurse in. And they said, do you mind, you know, can you sign these papers and, you know, do you mind having a student nurse? And I said, no, because everybody has to learn. Everybody has to start somewhere. Everybody needs experience. And so we have to allow them the hands-on opportunities. And I said, no, I don't mind at all. Everybody needs to learn. Bring her in. Well, she blew my vein. And I had never had that happen before. And it was awful. <laughs> and that made me reconsider having, <laughs> having a student nurse work on me. And my point is that everybody has to start somewhere. Everybody needs that experience. But are you necessarily the person who wants to be the guinea pig for it? <laughs> right. And you, or your kids. Or do you right, want, right. you know, do you want your kids um in a class having a student teacher because if you get a teacher that you're just so excited about oh my gosh we have mrs peterson this year it's going to be amazing and miss peterson has a student teacher and all of a sudden the student teacher is struggling mightily it puts you it puts the school it puts the kids it puts the student teacher everybody kind of in a bad arena and it can go can go south pretty quickly and i think that's a good point too is that parents don't always have any control on if there's a student teacher for their, you know, for their kids. And they're very entrusting their kids to whoever the teacher is. And then, oh, by the way, we're having a student teacher, you know, start in three weeks and and he or she will be here for eight weeks or 12 weeks. So have you had any experiences with student teachers where where parents have had problems or issues? I I don't remember any, but then again, I'm getting old and I don't remember much anymore. I'm sure at some point in time, there's been something, but nothing egregious. Now that it's out there, I know it's out there. And it really, it comes down to um, two things, I think. One is there's such a demand for teachers to where they don't fail anybody in college, I don't believe. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to get you through. I might be wrong, but I, there's such a demand. I don't think that they're going to dissuade people from getting into the profession. And two, I think that goes down to the fact that just student teaching supervisors are just not honest or they're so far removed from the classroom, they don't know what it takes anymore. It could be one of the two. So if you have a student teacher and the student teacher is struggling, but then the supervisor comes in and is like, oh, you're doing great. Keep going. Well, they're not being honest with that person. So then that person makes it through. You know, I have my wife has an experience with a, teach, a student teacher who, <laughs> who struggled greatly, but she got through, the supervisor still passed her, and she became a teacher. And are those the kind of people that you want to hire or that you want your kids with? That's debatable. So there, there are situations out there. I've never experienced it. Well, let me throw this in the mix. So this next year, school year, I am going to be a clinical supervisor for Western Governors University. And I was already assigned a student. And it's so ironic that actually the student teacher is going to be at your wife's school. But then I was super excited to, to have this opportunity. But then I got an email that said, all supervisions are going to be done via video. 
So I will not be in the classroom. I will not actually be in the building. I will only see video recorded lessons that are then sent into a portal where I get on and watch the recorded lesson and then respond via video and written responses. So here's my immediate thought. I was just sitting here shaking my head. I'm going to assume it's because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever. My first thought was, who's going to record this? Right. Because if it's the supervising teacher, who says they even know how to run a camera Mm -hmm. or that they are invested in it? I guarantee you that some principal out there is going to think, oh, I need a sub or I need you to cover whatever, even though the student teacher is not supposed to be alone or whatever the rules are these days. This doesn't sound very good. Plus, what if it doesn't record? What if you can't hear it? What if, what if, what you can't see what's off the camera? So here we go again. (laughs) Here we go again. Is this the best training we can do for people? One of the things that bugs me about student teachers too, kind of going off to the way. First of all, I'm very glad you're doing this because you'll be honest with people and you'll, you'll make a difference. They should definitely give you more than one. But one of the problems I have is that some schools get eight or nine student teachers and then some student teacher gets stuck with a teacher that really shouldn't be a master teacher. Um, mm-hmm. Agreed. And that is concerning to me because then you're learning all of the wrong practices or the wrong ways to do it. I was just thinking to uh, a teacher that we worked with who I hired out of college. She came in and she was amazing from the start. She obviously had a fantastic model of what to do. She just came in and was knocking everything out. Uh, basically, it was like having a veteran teacher that was brand new. However, I've also had people where you walk in and you're like, this is going to be a lot of work because they were trained to, you know, use only a basil or not do cooperative groups. You know, some teachers today, magically enough, kids still sit in desks, sit in rows, don't talk. It happens. So, Again, I think one of the things that I don't like personally about it, just thinking kind of off topic a little bit, is the who the master teacher is. Because again, and it goes back to admin. Some people think the master teachers in their school are are great as to where I would think there's no way they're a master teacher. So I guess it's all about perspective when it comes back to it. I don't know. There's just a lot of thoughts about student teachers. It kind of just stresses me out a little bit to think about them because I want them to be awesome. But how much time can we invest in these people to make them awesome in this day and age? It's something to really, you know, consider. And I know that we have a school in our district that is works very closely with our university school of education. And so you have those student teachers that are in the program that are working directly with that school you know, that have experiences. And then you have other student teachers. I know, because I, you didn't go to school here. I believe you went in Northwest um, Washington. Not Northwest. I went to University of Idaho. It's okay. (laughs) Southeastern. Sorry. Okay. Got that wrong. Um, University of Idaho, which is very, very rural. Okay. And so I went to UNLV and a very large education program, you know, a thousand people or so. I, I don't even know, but I know there was a lot of people in the program the same time that I was going. And, and so when we went to go do our practicums, they give you this form and you fill it out 
and you put down what you would like to do. So my very first one I put down, I was interested in going to kindergarten, third or fifth grade. So I got assigned to school and I remember showing up and it was almost like they didn't know we were coming. And I remember showing up to the school and I met the principal and she said, oh, you know, welcome. She goes, I I just had another practicum student come in. She said, you know, did you know what grade you wanted? And I had already filled out the paperwork. So I thought when I came that they would already have a placement. And I said, well, I said, I'm interested in, you know, K third or fifth. And she's like, okay, well, the other practicum student just, I just placed her in a kindergarten classroom, which is funny that you say that Robert, because there were only two kindergarten classrooms in the school. And so the principal had obviously picked the teacher that she felt would be the better mentor teacher. And she's like, okay. So she took me back to the other uh, kindergarten teacher. So both of us practicum students were with um, kindergarten teachers. And it was just very interesting, the difference in both teachers, you know, and I probably shouldn't have been with that teacher. I probably should have been placed somewhere else. But again, I don't think that they were prepared for, for us to come. And then my second experience was in a third grade classroom at a different school. And it was somebody who had been teaching for 30 plus years, wonderful teacher, just had been teaching a really long time. And then my last experience, which was student teaching, and I've shared this before, is this legitimately a good experience? So I got placed in a year round school at the end of May I got placed into a fifth grade bilingual classroom and I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) And I was in the class for two weeks and then that class went out on track break for three weeks and I got put in another classroom, whole new teacher, whole new kid, a whole classroom of kids for three weeks. And then they went out on track break and then I went back to the other class. So I'm grateful for the opportunity, but was that really the best use of my student teaching? Well, see, like that's one of the things that bugs me because the answer is no. And at the same point in time, I don't know how the universities are picking what schools. I don't know how the universities are aligning um, people to schools. I don't know if it has anything to do with where you live in the city you know, I'm not privy to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What what concerns me again, back to it, is just the whole what is considered a quote master teacher. Um, I think should you like, have to apply to be a master teacher? Should your principal choose? Even because- then, they would choose the people that might not be correct. I think the way to do it. I was going to try to set this up before the pandemic, and I probably would still try. I believe. You should be assigned. So if let's just say hypothetically Thompson has four student teachers, I would assign it to four people, four different grade levels that I trust to mentor people. And you would be in there for three weeks. You would watch Abby teach for three weeks. Then you would go watch Sarah DeLui teach for three weeks. Then you would go watch Andrea Roach or Angie or anybody in second grade that we've talked to. And you would rotate grade levels as well as teachers to see four different styles, four different grade levels. Then maybe at the end, you let me know, okay, what room do you want to be in for three weeks? Plan it out and let them go for three weeks. 
is three weeks enough? No. One of my beefs is that student teaching mm-hmm. is not long enough. Right. I believe, I believe if it would, if the universities were smart, if they could do it, student teaching at minimum should be for one year, just be your whole senior year. Well, I, I, and th- I completely agree with this. And I even said on my, on my live yesterday that we spend not knocking college, obviously, you know, in order to be in education, you have to have a, you know, an education and degree, but you spend three and a half years of theory. You, you spend three and a half years of learning, but then when it's actual time to practice, it's, it's like an afterthought. And I think that you should spend more time in the classroom being able to quote unquote practice the theory than to spend in these classes, taking class after class, after class, after class. And like I said, there are ton, there are, there are lots of people who are 4.0 students or 3.9 or 3.8 that, that are amazing at theory, but actually turning that into something in the classroom is something completely different. And I do, I think that they, I agree with you. I think that it should be at least a year And not a year on top of the four years of college, but a year within that three years of college. And so there's two points. One is the people who are usually teaching college classes or college courses are professors who haven't taught in a classroom for years, usually. And then, so I remember my, my teachers at the University of Idaho, God love them. If thinking back on it, they were not in a classroom for a long time or they visited, but they didn't teach. If I had student teacher at Thompson, or let's just go back at Smith, and they want to teach primary, and they spent a semester with Abby and a semester with Sarah. Number one, they would truly know whether or not they want to teach primary. Mm -hmm. And number two, they would be well equipped to teach kids or to know how it's supposed to go far beyond sitting in some class for an hour at UNL, listening to theory and maybe watching videos that aren't good. Mm-hmm. you learn more in your first year as a teacher than you learned in four years of college. You learn more student teaching uh, than you learned probably in your last year of college. Mm-hmm. Yet we are just wasting people's time. You know, we could, we could talk. This is like one of the fixes of education. How about this? We have a teacher shortage. You mm-hmm. go to college for three years, you do your undergrad stuff, uh, you know, your basic studies for your freshman and sophomore year. Your junior year's theory, your senior year's practice. And if you sign up for a teaching job, if you pass your senior year, then you don't pay tuition for your your senior year, something like that. Because then you're going to weed out the people. You're going to get more candidates. We should be encouraging people to be teachers. But the problem is, is that nobody wants to nobody wants to go through that stuff. I mean, it just frustrates me. Just fr- there's so much so many better ways to do it. Nobody will just do it though. That's the problem. I, I like what you're saying about, you know, giving them an opportunity to see lots of different styles, but I think they also need to have the experience of being able to teach as well. So I, I'm just thinking back to when I had a student teacher and I was sharing this with the people that were on my live last night. So for the first, because she was on an expedited, she was only in my classroom for seven weeks. It was a, it was an expedited program, which again, is that, is that a legit program or not? Uh, We can debate that. So 
there was a schedule to keep to. So it was like, okay, for this week, she's doing this. Then this week she needs to blah, blah, blah. Okay. And it was, it was a specific like kind of scope and sequence, so to speak of how they wanted to, to operate the, her student teaching. And so for the first week, she literally just observed just, you know, she was just watching what was happening in the classroom. She was not teaching. She was just observing. But then that second week, she picked up two uh, subjects to start to start teaching herself. And I was still in the classroom. And then the third week, then she picked up another subject. And so by the fourth week, she was full-time teaching the fifth and the sixth week. And then the seventh week, I came back in and she kind of phased out. And so I, I do think like maybe a week of observing, you know, with different mentor teachers and then having an opportunity to actually teach in one of those classrooms because you do have to have the experience. You do have to be. And here's one of the other things that I was sharing about student teaching is hopefully these master teachers. And I know that you've worked with me and you're like, Abby, you're a control freak and you like to have control. And I do. Okay. I, 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 I readily admit that, but I knew that for my student teacher, I knew that I had to give her the opportunity to run the class. And so what I had to do is I had to physically leave the the classroom and allow her that opportunity to take on the class. It's it's almost like parents, you know, a good cop, bad cop. You know, I, I'm ultimately the the authority figure because I am, you know, the teacher of this classroom. And once I leave, then she can be the ultimate authority. And I think that that student teachers need that. They need that opportunity instead of because what because when student teaching ends and you go and get your own classroom there is not going to be somebody in there to buffer you there's not going to be there's somebody to intervene in situations there's not going to be somebody to correct you unless you're having an observation and even then you're not necessarily going to be corrected and so they need those opportunities so going back like my i didn't explain my plan well enough if i if it was me your senior year would be entirely in a school if I have four people, those four people are going to rotate through classrooms for the beginning of the year. Then you will actually teach the end of the year. Okay. Not, not in grades three, four, five, mm-hmm. per- personally, because you can rotate through so many classrooms. And one of the most powerful things you can do is rotate through a classroom that's not good. Okay. So if you rotate from Abby's room to another person that's kind of wah, 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 you will feel it as a student teacher and you will know, I don't want to be like this. So anyways, again, my suggestion would be, you know, just to make it a year long process and have them see as many rooms as possible before they actually teach. Then you get to teach because like you said, come fall when it's your room, it's your room and there's no one there to help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you're on your own and you've, you've got everybody's little babies, you know, sitting in front of you, looking at you like, what do we do? So but I think it's interesting that you said that, that they should be able to rotate through teachers that are maybe not amazing teachers. For one thing, that's kind of your perspective. That That's your perception. And as a principal, you're saying this, this teacher is not as good. And But who's going to be there to, to have this debriefing with them? 
Because I doubt if you're as the principal, at least I hope you're not saying to somebody, now I'm going to send you into a classroom that she's really not a good teacher. No. Or he's really not a good teacher. And so go in there and just, you know, observe and take notes. And you're, you're probably not going to do that. So maybe in your mind, you're, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to send them in here. But there's a chance, Robert, that they're going to go in there and think, wow, this is really amazing. I love how she, you know, and so who's going to be there to debrief and say, okay, what are your thoughts on this classroom? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like you, you talk about teacher intuition all the time. mm -hmm. Well, this is a way to build it. Okay. If I go from Abby's room to Sarah's room, which is high energy to a room that has no energy, no kids moving, no cooperative groups, nothing engaging at all. I hope their teacher intuition kicks in. And if it does not, that's a problem. Of course, you're not going to say, oh, you're going into so-and-so's room this week. Have fun. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're not going to do that. You just set up a schedule and people rotate and you never know. You might hit something good from all the teachers. You might mm -hmm. not. There's days when Abby's not fun. There's days right. when Sarah's not fun. You can't be fun all the time. But, you know, you have to be able to go to different areas and get different experiences. Some are going to be good. Some are going to not be good. But I think, too, it would probably teach people that it's okay sometimes not to be good. It's okay sometimes, you know, things don't always go as planned. So, well, and every day is not a high energy room transformation day. It can't be. That's can't the reality be. of it. And and they do need to see that there are days where a lesson doesn't go as planned, where there are behavior issues. And that was one of the things that for my student teacher that I had that was eye-opening to her was the first week that she was observing me, I had several IEPs in my classroom that year that she was in. And she was, you know, I don't want to say judgmental, but she already had a, a bachelor's degree and she had actually already taught in a private school and she was getting her master's and this master's program that she was in was requiring her to do this student teaching. So she did have experience, but it was in a private school setting. And so I, the first week that she was observing me and she saw me you know, working and handling this specific child with behavior issues, she was a little critical of me. And she was like, well, why don't you try this? And why don't you try this? And I explained, I said, well, this is my approach to it. This is the things that I've tried. These are the things that have worked. These are the things I've tried that have not worked. And so it was really interesting that second week when she started teaching, she started using some of those things that she had been critical of me and was like, okay, well, I'm going to try this. And she found out quickly that it didn't work, you know? And so those are the kind of experiences and the kind of things that they need to have, you know, because it's completely different when you're actually the person in charge. Yeah. I think we're kind of on the right, the same track here where they need to get as many experiences as possible. So like my advice for a student teacher or a new teacher coming up, is, you know, don't sit in your room during prep, get out there, go walk around. You'll find out real quickly who the leaders of the school are. Go ask them, can I watch you teach? Mm -hmm. Go ask them, can I, can I see what you do? Some will say no, they're busy. You know, you are always like, if you come in my room, I'll help you, but I'm not going to seek you out. So go in the rooms and mm -hmm. say, you know, I heard that you taught whatever. Can you explain that to me? Mm -hmm. Or I saw you working with this kid. What were you doing? We as educators have to pass on our skills to the next generation. We have to help everybody grow. 
one of the things we did at, at Smith, we had third Thursdays where teachers would come from other schools to learn from the teachers at Smith. And they would ask the most interesting questions mm-hmm. of you guys when we walked in the rooms, basic, basic things. But just by allowing them the opportunity to come in the room, we helped them out. So again, I my advice for people out there, I guess even, even people who are you know, experienced is walk around, go see yeah. other rooms, go get other ideas yes. and grow. I agree. And that kind of leads us into kind of the end of our podcast where I wanted to bring up, you know, some tips. If you are going into student teaching, that's one of the number one tips I have for people going into student teaching is ask questions. I know it's cliche, but that, you know, there is no stupid, you know, questions that's accurate because there are things that veteran teachers do and know that you don't know. And it may seem like, well, it's a silly question, but it's really not. So ask questions, take notes. Like you said, I feel like, you know, another cliche, knowledge is power. You know, go talk to other teachers. You might be student teaching in one room, but, you know, maybe if you have the opportunity and and the principal allows you and your, your master teacher allows you, Go visit other classrooms, check out different grade levels. You don't, especially in our district, and I don't know how other districts work, but especially in our district, there's no guarantee that you're going to get your dream job of teaching second grade. You're going to get called up by a principal who's pulled your file and say, hey, I would love you to come interview for the fourth grade position or, you know, uh, a first grade position. So there's no guarantee that you're going to get what you thought or even what you student taught in. And so be open to different grade levels. Be open to going in and to other classrooms and seeing different styles. Go into the classrooms that are cutesy and and wonderful and put together and then go in the classrooms that are not well put together find things that are working for teachers and on the opposite side find the things that are not working well this is a you know this would be a better system take notes ask questions seek out the principal and the assistant principal. I think sometimes people, especially student teachers, they're like, I don't want to bother the principal or the assistant principal or the literacy coach or whoever it is, but seek them out. They don't bite, hopefully. <laughs> right. Well, and I was gonna ask- say that, yeah, I was going to say that too. Like, don't be afraid to come and ask principals, hey, can you come and observe me mm-hmm. and give me feedback? Some will say no. Some are too busy. There's a lot going on. But- I think if Abin is smart, they will take the time to go watch this person. Because again, as I said earlier, we're going to need people next year. We're going to need people down the road. And if you're good or you have potential, then I think I would see it and can help you grow and build on that. Just a little tip from somebody who is a homegrown teacher from UNLV in our district. Our district is super large, but it's very small. So don't make enemies <laughs> because you never know. One of my experiences is the principal that I student taught under. I did exactly what you just said, Robert. I asked her, I said, would you please come in and observe me and give me feedback, you know, an observation. And she did. She came in and did an observation on me. She gave me feedback. She didn't have to do that, but she did that. When I finished student teaching, I did not go into the classroom right away. I took a little bit of time before I went to the classroom, but when it was time for me to go into the classroom and I needed those references, I, you know, I just messaged her and she 
easily did it for me. Right. And so I think make those connections, don't burn any bridges and make as many friends as you can. Cause you never know. You could be working with them. You could be working for them. You never yeah, know. I agree with you. Like don't, the key thing you just said there is you could be working for them. Mm-hmm. We have a, we have a teacher at Thompson who was a new teacher last year and she wants to be admin and she will be, she is all about it. She asks me questions. She wants to be an admin and it's great and it's fun, but people have to remember someday she might be their boss mm-hmm. or, you know, they might call her up and be like, Hey, I need a new school. So again, always think, about the future, or at least give it a moment and, and think about where you may end up because you might be at a school and then all of a sudden, congratulations, you knew AP is so-and-so and it's the teacher that you burned five years ago in your school or something. It happens. So just, just be cognizant of that as well. Right. And there's one thing that I, that you have really, you put a little burr under my saddle, so to speak of, you know, what would be amazing would be to have a classroom that is open and available for teachers to come into. But again, then we, you run into those as a parent, would you want your student in there? Would you want a revolving door of student teachers, you know? And while we have to have that on the job training, not everybody wants to be the guinea pig for on the job training. So I think there's things to work out. And I think there's, there's better ways to improve the student teaching process. Mm -hmm. But, but if you are a student teacher, like we said, hopefully we've given some tips and shared some experiences today that you can reflect on. If you know a student teacher or you're having a student teacher this next year, maybe send them this podcast (laughs) or maybe not, (laughs) but no matter where you stand on the issues, it's all about perspective. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We would love to hear your perspective on this episode. Head over to our Instagram page. It's all about perspective 2021 or our Facebook and Twitter page and share your opinion. Don't forget to subscribe or rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. And one last thing. Remember, it's all about perspective.